Hello, hello, hello. I am your super nut gonorrhea hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Your Mouth! In Your Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Your Mouth. <laughs> goosebumps. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the most, this Munoz. And baby, I'm back. Oh my goodness. What? An amazing two weeks I had traveling through Thailand. I can't even express how absolutely freaking incredible it was. What a blessing. I mean, and it was a, a much-needed break. I, I have to say that I I often talk on here about, you know, the burnout and how you know, between work and Instagram and TikTok and podcasting, like the burnout is real. And I I didn't realize how much I actually needed a break till I shut everything down and actually took a break. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And what and what a way to take a break in Thailand. But we're, we'll get into it. We are going to get into it. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl along with the Chiefs. I thought we got rid of... Didn't we get rid of those terrible names? Maybe not all of them. I don't know. And I actually don't care about football. But I do care about Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Are we excited, folks? Well, today's a solo day. I'm really excited. First day back... All the gay chefs, all the queer chefs are in hiding still. I have a bunch of emails out and feelers out to get more fabulous LGBTQ people here um, in the new year with me on the podcast. But for now, all you got is me and um, tales of Bangkok and Phuket. But before we get anywhere, I have to do what I have to do. And in the grand tradition of In Yo Mouth... I need to wish you happy National Cake Pops Day. Are cake pops still a thing? I mean, are they? Are they still a thing? Do you remember when cake pops were at like the height of culinary excellence? Uh, what I want to say like 15 years ago, everywhere you went, there was a cake pop thrown in your face, baby shower, weddings, funerals. Um, Viking burial ceremonies. Everyone was serving cake pops, old cake and icing. That's you know that's what cake pops are. Just like old cake and icing formed into balls, and then 
dipped into chocolate and other sweet things. They're personally they're too sweet for me. I never was on the cake pop wagon. I never I I'm I'm not here for them really. I haven't met a cake pop that I liked to be honest with you. Um you know, I am fully discriminating against cake pops right now. <laughs> I, I, I mean, are they still a thing? I guess I guess they're still at like a Starbucks or something. I'm sure I could find some somewhere. I don't know. Are, are, are we bringing the cake pop back for 2023? Um, I don't know. I'm not here for it, but you're in luck because it's also Happy National Baked Alaska Day. Talk about bringing back like the 80s, right? Oh, my God. When's the last time you've had a baked Alaska? Do you even know what a baked Alaska is, also known as a balm Alaska or omelette norvegienne or omelette surprise or omelette siberienne, depending on the country? It's a dessert consisting of ice cream cake and topped with browned meringue. And so you form this, like, cake base and then this dome of ice cream and then you cover it in meringue but you have to make sure the ice cream is really hard and then you throw it in the oven but um so that the meringue browns but the ice cream doesn't get to its melting point delicious also the name baked alaska was supposedly coined in 1876 at delmonico's a restaurant here in new york city to honor the acquisition by the united states of alaska from the Russian Empire in March 1867. Who knew, right? Who knew? Speaking of Russia, we met a lot of Russians in Thailand. And then upon thinking about it, I was like, oh, I guess the the Russian people can't really go anywhere else or many other places, right? So Asia it is. Um, Yeah. So, a random sidebar, right? Neither good nor bad. We just met a lot of people. <laughs> That's just it's gonna be it's gonna be a very Thai episode today. I feel um, I like a baked Alaska. I think that the last time I had a baked Alaska, no, that was um, Bananas Foster was New Orleans. I can't tell you when. Oh, it was when you know what they made a comeback. In the early aughts, in the early 2000s, um, at this restaurant I was working at, we were we were serving baked Alaskas for some reason. Well, you're again. It's a it's a triple threat day. It's also February 1st is also National Dark Chocolate Day. February 1st is doing the most most, and also Happy National Black History Month. And we are here for it. Dark chocolate over milk chocolate over white chocolate. Any. MF day. I said what I said. Don't at me. I'm happy to be back and we are already I'm already fighting with the people. Um yeah, that's that's what <laughs> today is all about. Um if you haven't discovered Tony's Chocolate Lonely, they make this most delicious dark chocolate bar, right? That has like pretzels and toffee in it. It is, they are not a sponsor, um, but I will gladly shout them out for that dark chocolate bar. It's a little expensive. Um, Sometimes they're on sale in Whole Foods, and it's really, it's worth the price. It's really, really worth the price. 
I mean, and what more can I say about dark chocolate? Although, I guess, because, um, have you heard the M&Ms aren't going to the Super Bowl? Like, because of all the controversy over M&Ms, uh, like, changing the shoes of one, and then, you know, these these crazy conservatives uh, being really weird about animated things, and I don't know. So, apparently, um, our M&M mascots are not going to be making an appearance at the Super Bowl this year. Interesting. Food news right off the bat. Well, you know what? Moving on. No matter what you celebrate, whether it's um, cake pops, yuck, baked Alaska's delicious, or dark chocolate, even more delicious, on this day, I celebrate you. And moving right along into this Day in gay history. Did you know that in 1978, Tom Finland has his first U.S. exhibit at Robert Opel's Fayway Gallery in San Francisco? Wow. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Um, if you ever come to New York City or you're here in the city and haven't been to the newly opened, well, it's a few months now, maybe six, uh, 9th Avenue Saloon here in Hell's Kitchen, you can go to the bathrooms and their wallpaper in the bathrooms is all Tama Finland. It's very, 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 very risque and very, very fabulous. Um, shout out to Josh and Ricardo and Michael and Gio and all the rest of the bartenders it, at 9th Avenue Saloon here in New York City. Oh, my God. Um, happy end of dry January to all of you uh, doing dry January. I think I may be on the dry February um, train. And if not dry February, maybe like California or the ever so slightest damp February moment because between the holidays and then um, and then my birthday and my best friend Michael being here and then right into Thailand it's been it's been a boozy month like the booziest yet and she has a wedding in April she has a dress to fit in not my own wedding um, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we need to get things in gear. We are juicing again. We are doing all the things. Yes, um, you know what? Shout out to you, Tom Finland, Tom of Finland, on this day. We celebrate you. And right, right into it, folks. Right into it. How did your dry Januarys go? Was it success? Did you cheat? You know what? You can feel bad if you cheat, right? Like, we set out, we set these goals for ourselves, and sometimes, and I said it like towards the end of the year last year, that we have to set attainable goals for ourselves, right? So, like, fine, if you had a drink during dry January, right, and you fell off the wagon for a second but got back on, good for you. If you completely fell off the wagon and it's a problem, maybe, maybe we need to reassess. But, um, you know, we have to be kind to ourselves. And so this month, I really want to get back into eating better. I don't want to use the D word, you know, diet. Ugh. Uh, but like, I want to get back onto a program of like eating better. I want to start um, juicing my celery and turmeric again uh, because I was taking a turmeric supplement. But, um, you know, from the, so from the source, all natural is the best. And my skin has never looked better. For those of you that are new around here, um, or even for those of you who have been following me for, uh, for a while, you know that I was juicing celery and turmeric 
uh, every morning, and it really fixed all my skin problems. Um, obviously, consult your doctors. I am not a doctor, although I like to play one in the bedroom, but it really helped me. And um, so I'm going to start doing that again and start cooking more. I know I've been MIA on the Instagrams and things. You know, I just sometimes, sometimes when we touch the honesty. No, <laughs> sometimes it just it, it just feels daunting to me, you know, because I don't know. It just feels daunting. But I'm getting back on the wagon and getting back on the straight and narrow and figuring out what's next for me. And hopefully this is the year of because I had such a great year last year, especially towards the end with, you know, being on Easy Bake Battle and the Ali Fournay Center and the and um, the Christmas thing that I did, Dear Santa, and all this and all the other appearances I was making when all the brand partnerships that I really want to continue that. But like, you know, maybe this is the year of love for Munoz, you know, taking a different approach to dating. Um, and, you know, look, the cops are coming to get me. <laughs> or is that the uh, the ambulance? Right. Because because maybe I'm spitting lies here. <laughs> They're after me. No, um, no, you know, I'm just trying to take a different approach this month. Reset, uh, reevaluate, right? Um, and figure out what's next. Figure out what's next in moving this whole thing along, you know, because it's a constant reinvention of ourselves that keep us going and uh, keep us moving on to the next. Thing. Would you agree? Would you not agree? Can we talk about Thailand for a minute? For those of you who haven't been, listen, I was very fortunate to go. Um, this was a trip of a lifetime, um, and it was a piece of a present for me. So I am very blessed and highly favored in that way because, you know, I wouldn't have been able to afford to go otherwise, and I took one of my sister girls, my sister girls, Darius, shout out to Darius, and you know what? I love, I always preach a solo travel moment, like, go out there, I love a solo travel moment, it will definitely change your life, but traveling with friends that you've never traveled with before, that you are, like, good friends, and you vibe well, and to be honest with you, I was a little afraid at, at the beginning, because I was like, oh no, like... Yeah, we're good friends, but, like, am I going to be annoying? Is he going to be annoying? Are we going to be able to travel well? Like, and lo and behold, it worked out fabulously. And and we were, when I travel these days, especially in my old age of 42, I'm a really go-with-the-flow kind of gal. So we set a loose itinerary. We sat down, and we mapped out the days, and we... Uh, researched like things that seemed interesting to us, and we kind of placed them in days, but like left room for it to to shift and move around. And it was it was so incredible, starting with the hotel and food. And let me tell you something: I am a testament, and maybe it's because I've worked in hospitality uh, for so long, you know, in in restaurants, waiting tables, event management, you know, um, hotel events and all sorts of things. But it is a true testament that if you if you just take a little bit of time to be nice to people and actually care, the you will reap what you sow. And shout out to the So ba- So Hotel, the So Bangkok. A it was stunning and B 
they didn't know what to do with us because that's all we were was kind. And Bangkok is like a, me- a melting pot, kind of like New York City. So it felt very like home to me. But within that, at this like semi, like really nice, dare I say, luxury hotel, you know, people are in and out. And I'm not saying people weren't nice, but Darius and I like went the extra mile, like with the hi, how are you's? And I've always, uh, I've always adopted that for myself, like the stopping to, to like recognize that, like to see people beyond their service. Take that in, seeing people beyond their service, and then it wasn't until somebody a while ago put that put that into words for me that I recognized that, like, oh, I was kind of already doing this, and then I accelerated it. Right, seeing people behind beyond their service. What does that mean? That means when you go to get your Starbucks or whatever coffee in the morning, that's just not like ice latte and kept it moving. It's just like, hey, how are you today? Oh my God, I'm great. How are you? Oh, can I have a nice latte? Sure. You know, I hope you have a great day. You too, dude. You know, or whatever. <laughs> and you know, because we're all so busy, and we kind of for- we tend to forget that like this is a human interaction, right? They are human. Like, things are going on in their life, and you don't need to play therapist or whatnot. But, like, seeing people beyond their service will definitely change the interaction and definitely change, like, the day and and just just the whole vibe of uh, of that interaction. And that's and that's who Darius and I were. And, like, there was a greeter at the at the elevators. Her name was Wida. She was fabulous, and we loved her. But, like, they didn't know what to do with us because nobody... I don't think they encounter people like us seeing them beyond their service and, like, asking them how their day is going and just, like, chit-chatting for a little while and not necessarily needing anything from them, right? But, like, taking their kindness a step further and being kind in return. And so they... They... We got white glove service. We got a room upgrade. We got... Like, they just loved us. They loved us, they loved us, they loved us, and we loved them back. And then just navigating the city with that vibe, oh, my God, the food, the food, the food. Since I've been back, I have not had any Asian food whatsoever, not because I don't want it, just because I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. And I need to realize, yes, that American Asian food is very different than, like, being on the ground there in Thailand, but we had great Taiwanese food. We had great Thai food. Oh my God. <laughs> Darius and I, you know, the best food is the street food. And there was this one parking lot, right? And, and it just, it literally was that a parking lot with all these food stalls. And you're like, uh, and you just go in. And obviously, we didn't, fi- we, we went to the one with like the longest line of Thai people or Asian people in line because we're like okay this is the place to go y'all right we're we're going here and we got up to the front and they didn't speak english obviously and, and we don't speak thai and we i mean i guess it's like the the spirit the spirit of again kindness i guess or the spirit of like good vibes where we were really interested and and they can see that we were really interested in trying to be good tourists, you know, and not like jerks and just being like, uh, so they would point to something, we would point to something and be like, and they kind of would get it and they'd point to a vegetable and all of a sudden the chef in the back was throwing things into a pan and the the woman would point to something else and we just say, we just kept nodding our heads 
And oh my God, we got the most delicious, I think it was Tom Yum soup. Um, they fed us more uh, morning glories with fried pork. Morning glories are also known as water spinach. I, I was researching. There's a lot of that there. Delicious fried. We ate our weight in fried pork, honey. <laughs> we, oh my God. We we got to try like different regions of Thai food, like Northern Thai. I I I think like Northern Thai food is more based in like fermented foods, like fermented fish and like fermented vegetables and things like that. Oh my God, we did not have a bad meal. We had meals that we were like, oh, this is okay, but no, nary a bad meal. We also ate at two Michelin star restaurants. So. The other thing was is that it was 98% Thai food, right? Um, lies. 97% Thai food, 2% Indian food, 1% Greek food. Um, and the only reason we went to this Greek restaurant um, is because it was Michelin starred and it was packed to the gills. and we're, uh, Or Michelin rated, I should say. And we went and it was freaking delicious. And then the other Michelin rated... Um, restaurant was a northern Thai restaurant called Sumtum Dare, which was also very, very delicious. And then when we went to Phuket, um, oh my God, uh, the there were Indian restaurants everywhere. And I turned to Darius and I said, Darius, I go, I guess Indian food's a thing here. And he goes, yeah, it looks like. And I go, well, India's not that far if we actually think about it. And he's like, no. And so you know, a little Googling, a little research. We went to this, uh, shout out to, I think it was called Tantra. And it's right on Patong Beach. Um, just a little unassuming restaurant. We went back twice. It was so good. And this man was so happy to see us again. Just all this food for nothing, for no money. The American dollar goes very, stretches very, very, very far there. Um, yeah, what else can I tell you? The food we ate our weight. I've gained weight. It's a, it's a, another reason why I obviously it was all the booze and the fried pork. Um, oh my god, we had this fried chicken on the street. It cost us like two dollars for an entire fried chicken. Basically, it's the best fried chicken I've ever had. And uh, and there's this Thai chili sauce that we could we could have drank. They would put it down on the table and we. They'd, they'd bring it back, this little jar empty, because we were putting it on everything. <laughs> oh, my God. There was this restaurant called in Phuket called the Local 8, I want to say. Not the Union. And <laughs> Local 8 is, uh, is the... Local 1 is the... Is the... Whatchamacallit Union. The, um, but Local 8... I think my mom was part of Local 8. I think it's the phone union. But uh, that's a sidebar. But, um, yeah, there was this long line, and we got in this line because we were like, okay, this is the place to be. And it was fine. It was okay. But it wasn't all that. It wasn't worth waiting in line. And then we found another restaurant because, we, uh, you know, we're in Phuket, which is an island. We wanted fish. And so we were researching. We were researching, and it was... Nam Pi Long, I want to say. I, I, I don't have my notes in front of me, but this place that we found 
had all the crustaceans and all the fish in tanks, and you would just point at something, and they'd go and grab the fish with their bare hands and throw it on a scale and tell you how much it costs, and then 10 minutes later, it would be cooked on your table. We went back there a lot, a lot, a lot, because it was just so fresh and so delicious, and the prawns and the rice and the squid and the fish and the oh my god our last meal before i cut out to food news update because i could keep talking about this food forever forever our last meal in bangkok because i went to bangkok first we were three days in bangkok four days in um in phuket and then we bookended right back to bangkok for another three days and um our last meal we wanted to go to this place called Northeast, which is also really, really popular. It was the first restaurant we went to. Thai food, absolutely delicious. But they were packed to the gills, and we were on a time crunch because we had to get to the airport. And there was this um, restaurant we were standing in front of that I forget the name of right now. It It was popular for Taiwanese steamed chicken and rice. So it had great ratings, went in, we got fried pork, white rice, this, but it was like saucy. It was like braised and fried at the same time. I don't know what the hell they did, but it was delicious. And then we got this like fried chicken. We got, and we got the steamed chicken. It was all so delicious. And we were so hungry. And again, the, the lovely people who work there did not speak a lick of English, right? Why, why would they? And the woman comes over because we ordered another beer and I, I signaled that we wanted the entire meal again. And she looked at me (laughs) like we were crazy. And we sure as hell ordered the entire meal again. Oh, my God. We ate so much food. The only thing we didn't... Oh, we didn't have, um, like, you know, like tourist famous foods, like the beetle soup or the scorpions on a stick. We forgot to have mango sticky rice, which I'm a little sad about. Um, but we did have coconut ice cream, but it was tourist coconut ice cream, and it was all dairy and not actual coconut ice cream because our tummies were upset a little after that. Um, yeah, and that was the only like thing that we didn't love there was that fake coconut ice cream. The tourist coconut ice cream is what we called it. Um, oh, my God. We were there for Lunar New Year. That was really special. Uh, shout out to all the drag people and all the beautiful, like, Gay wait staff, LGBTQ wait staff, all the lady boys out there who we met, everybody that were living for us and we were living for them. We met so many fabulous people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would go back in a second and I think I could personally live there. It's uh, just, it's giving New York vibes, but like a little like brighter and and happier. And I don't know. It was. It was an incredible, incredible experience, and I need to start posting all, everything we freaking ate. Uh, Stay tuned to my Instagram. Also, well, you know what? I'm going to cut out to the break, right? I'm going to take a sip of water, cut out to the break, and I'll tell you about the the plain food after Food News Update. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So, you know, I, I, I need a sip, and I'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, 
which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, folks, I hope you're ready for my and your favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call Food News Update! Food news, Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News update. Dolly Parton is expanding her baking mix line with Duncan Hines. Now you can make a few more of Parton's favorite recipes. Well, by golly. <laughs> I love that, Dolly Parton. Um, I'm sure you've all seen by now, it's been all over the internet that Dolly Parton um, paired with Duncan Hines a while ago for like two cake mixes. And you know what? I'm here for it. Like, I'm just going to start with that. And I'm here for it because if you're not the best baker, and even if you are the best baker, sometimes a, a boxed mix um, really, really does the trick. And I... I love it. I love it. So last year, Parton collaborated with the ConAgra-owned brand to release two cake mixes and two flavors of frosting. Those mixes were inspired by some of Parton's favorite family recipes, and she's apparently scrolled through her cookbooks to find a few more standouts. Duncan Hines just announced that four new Dolly-approved products will be available by the end of the month, including two brownie mixes, a cornbread mix, and a biscuit mix. I knew Duncan Hines and I were bringing something special to the baking aisle when we launched our partnership last year. And I've been thrilled by the response, Parton said in a statement. I'm really excited to launch more (laughs) baking mixes steeped in my southern roots like cornbread and biscuits. I think folks are really going to like them and hope they'll bake up some special memories with family and friends. I sounded more like Lady Bunny than Dolly Parton. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am here for it. I bet you uh, the cornbread is probably really, 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 really good. And probably the buttermilk biscuits. Mm. Yeah. So four new baking mixes. Dolly Parton's buttermilk biscuit mix. Dolly Parton's caramel turtle brownie mix, Dolly Parton's fabulously fudgy brownie mix, and Dolly Parton's sweet cornbread and muffin mix. Yeah. So um, they should be available in supermarkets, you know, already, as of this month, as of actually the end of last month. You know, $3.49. And they're affordable? $3.49? Maybe they're probably more expensive here. They're probably 6 bucks here. Um, And also, for you big Dolly fans, on Wednesday, February 8th, Duncan Hines will release the limited edition Dolly Parton baking collection on its website. It's a $40 collection, which includes all the baking mixes, as well as a What Would Dolly Do tea towel and spatula, and a set of four recipe cards for some of Parton's favorite biscuit, brownie, and cornbread recipes. Look at that. Are we here for it? I mean, can Dolly do any wrong? And knowing Dolly Parton, like, Dolly Parton's a boss bitch. Like, Dolly Parton didn't just, like, you know, sign some papers and let somebody 
just do whatever the hell they wanted. You know she was up at that Duncan Hines Conagra factory tasting tasting some stuff or having her assistant go and she was like go get have them send me the boxes before they put these on the shelves. Let's make these, right? I fully believe that Dolly Parton had her hands and those tiggle bitties in all of this, in all of this, right? Because she's like, you're not going to tarnish my good name. <laughs> that's why I think these are going to be good. And that's why I'm absolutely here for them. Reba McIntyre just opened a new restaurant, and here's what you can expect on the menu. I didn't realize what a star-studded Food News update this is. <laughs> so I didn't even know Reba had a restaurant, but, like, listen, I'm a Reba stan. I love me some Reba McIntyre, right? But And no shade, Reba, but if this woman could... Could sell some lip lip gloss and a whole lip line with having nary a lip. I'm sure this restaurant's going to be a success too. So apparently, in the fall of 2021, I bet you the big Reba stands knew this during a concert at the Choctaw Grand Theater in Durant, Oklahoma. McIntyre took a break between songs to welcome Chief Gary Batten of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma to join her on stage. Batten had some big news announcing that the Choctaw Nation had partnered with McIntyre to open a restaurant in the tiny town of Atoka. Atoka. That's how you say that. Atoka. We're thrilled to pieces because it's going to be right downtown Atoka, McIntyre said. So apparently they were hoping that the restaurant was going to open last year, but that came and went. And now, but now it's finally open and this has been a long time coming McIntyre said which um, they streamed the opening live on Facebook oh my god just last Thursday so you know she had told People Magazine that she got herself reacquainted with her home state after her mother's death in early 2020 during her extended stay, she uh, was contacted by some of the Atoka officials about opening a restaurant in, in town. After launching the partnership with the Choctaw Nation, McIntyre was able to focus on her vision for the venue. She said, uh, we wanted music on a small stage, not big bands, not big loud, she told people. It's going to be something that people can remain eating, visiting while the music's going on. I will go in and do some music singing absolutely. It has to be friendly, and it has to be great food. So the menu leans into comfort food and down-home classics like a southern charcuterie board that includes country ham, both pimento cheese and beer cheese, and boiled peanut boiled peanut hummus oh my god and homemade pickles there's also a soup and pot pie section on the menu other offerings include a fancy steak dinner uh fancy in quotes right yes a chicken fried steak and a cherry coke barbecue burger uh reba told them she goes you've got to have great iced tea great bread and i want chicken fried steak chicken fried chicken i want beans and cornbread I gave Chef Curtis Mortensen my recipe for my smashed potatoes with caramelized onions and garlic. 
And they have to have good drinks. That's very, very important. So, yeah. And the restaurant has, like, all sorts of Reba uh, memorabilia. I mean, I guess it's a great reason to visit the um, Oklahoma, right? I mean, and support the Choctaw Nation. Like, I'm here for this. Like, what's... There's nothing bad about this. Nothing bad. And apparently, she really wants to be present in the restaurant. Um, so she wants to be there as much as possible. So who knows? If you're a, a super Reba stan, you may just run into her. I think that would be cool. I mean, hello? And again, much like Dolly, I don't think Reba's like, yeah, do whatever you want. I think Reba's up up in there checking the pots and pans. Like, she is Gordon Ramsaying that shit. You know what I mean? Just up in the kitchen being like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Lady Bunny is my special guest today. Um, oh, my God. This jet lag has me, still, a week later, has me a little fakakta. And I woke up with a little bit of a swollen gland. That's this raspy voice. I'm just realizing. But <laughs> I am here for Reba's Reba's uh, place, which is the name of the restaurant, right? And last but not least, the nation's first black-owned McDonald's reopens with technology, art, and even a classroom. I wanted to bring the community together. Its new owner, Yolanda Travis, says. So, um... The nation's first black-owned McDonald's franchise is slated to return just in time for Black History Month. The fast food franchise opened its doors in Chicago in 1968 following the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King while protests erupted across the city. The restaurant was initially franchised by Herman Petty, a Chicago change agent who passed away in 2009. Now Yolanda Travis is carrying on the legacy as the new owner and operator of McDonald's, located at 65th Street and Stony Island Avenue in Chicago's Woodlawn neighborhood. So the updated McDonald's will offer modernized food ordering technology and a polished new look. So uh, Travis apparently worked to preserve historical aspects of the restaurants, of the restaurant, such as the mural of Petty and Don Thompson, McDonald's first black president and CEO. In addition, Travis plans to add more technology components to appear to appeal to the younger generation. She says there are schools nearby, and the team at this McDonald's wants the site to be a hub where students feel welcome with ample opportunity to charge their phones or laptops. One of the most notable upgrades is a classroom area, which will have space for Black History Month learning and activities. I am here for all of this. You know, we often think, we often forget that McDonald's are franchises, or at least I do, because I, for as much as McDonald's is in my Food News Updates segments, you know, um, I don't eat there. And it's just not something I eat. But, like, some of the McDonald's franchises and um, are doing really great things like this one. And um, who knew? Who knew there, there was even a National Black McDonald's Operators Association that, like, has conferences and brings all the black uh, franchisees together to, like, brainstorm and help each other and, um, you know, do the thing. 
I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Travis shared with McDonald's in a blog post, I wanted to bring the community together and show and tell them about this wonderful black man, Mr. Herman Petty. There are very few black historical sites on the south side of Chicago, so this was my opportunity to give back to the community. And with that, I think that's the best way to end Food News Update. Yes. Oh, my God. I miss doing that. Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be with y'all. I did miss you. I hope you all missed me. I want to talk about the plain food. Oh, my God. So um, it's rare these days that you get food on a plane, right? But obviously, we were. Uh, it was 20-some-odd hours of flying, right? I think it was... 19 going and 22 coming back just on a plane. I mean, I think coming back, we spent 30 hours traveling door to door, something like crazy like that. But going Turkish Airlines, we flew Turkish Airlines and um, we had like Comfort Plus, but it really wasn't Comfort Plus because spending 11 hours on in an airplane seat is just not comfortable. But um, the food going was delicious, and you need to get over to my personal Instagram to take a look at it because it was really – they did the thing. They even – Turkish Airlines even has a chef for the first-class folks on board. I don't know what he's doing up there because we weren't allowed up there, but chef's coat, chef, traditional, like, French chef's hat, you know, like the Swedish chef. Hoity, flirty, dirty, forty. That hat. It was good. I mean, they served us some bulgur and some, like, beef meatballs. Uh, what is, uh, what's it called? Kefte? Is that what that is? Oh, my God. That was so good. This, like, coffee, this coffee um, mousse that they served us was really good. There was even some cod and some butter. Breakfast. Breakfast. My first breakfast wasn't good. My second breakfast was good. Uh, on the second flight. Coming back, breakfast ruined my tummy. But um, the rest of it was delish. We ate we ate our faces off on the plane. We sure as heck did. And you know what? <laughs> Before I close out, people need to learn or reacquaint themselves on how to act on a plane, especially during long flights. People are a mess on a plane. There was this one guy with his feet everywhere. There were children running about there was this other guy who had like an entire wardrobe spread with within like four of the overhead compartments and he kept climbing over everybody like i mean people just don't know people did not take their act right pills on the on the plane for sure oh my god um they served us hot bread shout out to all all the turkish airlines flight crew because they put up with a whole lot of nonsense. You know, I mean, we as waiters, right, or when I was in hospitality as a waiter, thought we put up with a lot of nonsense. Oh, add, add being like, I don't know, all, all the way up in the air, serving out of like the tiniest cart ever. Oh, the things that these people had to put up with that we were like, oh my God, <laughs> guys. Shout out to them doing the doing the people's work and like keeping it together, keeping it together because they did it with like finesse and kindness. Absolutely. Finesse and kindness. Kindness. 
And other than that, that was like the trials and non-tribulations of um, my Thailand trip. Yes, there was a little bit of debauchery, because why not? Yes, there was a whole lot of drinking. Yes, um, yes, we did all the things. I don't think, you know, I don't think we missed anything. And we really tried to immerse ourselves as much as possible, you know, in the culture. And, I mean, yeah, it was life-changing. I say go. If you can figure out how to go and get there, go and be kind and be open and eat all the things. Eat all the freaking things, you know. I'm happy to be back in your mouth, listeners, and I hope you're happy to have me back. Uh, Hopefully, I'll have a guest for you next week. People are, I think people are just trying to get their lives together at the beginning of the year, and I don't blame them. So, um, and you know, I love a solo podcast here and then, here and there every once in a while, because, you know, it's a skill that I need to keep alive and uh, keep keep uh you know working at and i i kind of i've kind of learned to enjoy it i mean 45 minutes has has passed and it feels like i've only been here for five so other than that write to me if you want to know more about thailand uh write to me i am here for you if you if you have anybody out there that needs to be on the pod send them my way because lord knows i can use them and with that i have to say again i'm happy to be back and as always Thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. In Yo Mouth.